0: Go to everydaynovelist.com support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1008. Today we hear from Don, who asks... Do you consider psychology of your characters in your writing? If so, when? Before writing? As it happens? Look at it after? And how deeply? Um, I discover the psychology of my characters as I write. I don't know how else to put it. It's very much emergent. I'm really... I, I've got a deep and abiding interest in abnormal psychology, partly because I grew up around people who were f***ing nuts, um, and partly because I'm just curious about weird things. What'll happen is as my as I'm... Writing, a character will start displaying certain, will sometimes start displaying certain traits that match a particular personality disorder. And once I notice that, I can tweak it so that I make sure that they stay on point with that. But the thing about personality disorders is that they're all extreme versions of stuff everybody does. It's kind of like uh, all the countervailing switches against something have been turned off, and so there's no balance in the personality one way or another. So, um, just having a good feel for people really, really does go a long way. When you run into writers where they've only got five or six characters and they just keep changing the names, it's usually because that writer, uh, Stephen King is a really good example of this it's usually because that writer just doesn't have a good feel for people. And so they've got one character type that's usually really well-developed and it's basically based on them because they have a, a fairly nuanced view of their own psychology and their inner world. But then characters who are not based on them tend to be fairly flat, kind of cartoonish, and that's because they're basing those characters on their intuitions about people that they encounter, but just because they've encountered someone, just because they associate with someone, doesn't mean it's someone they know very well. Writers who have trouble with this tend to be um, people who have low-level Aspergers or people who have been seriously traumatized at or some point, or seriously sheltered, or seriously sheltered. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, all three of those things can lead to having an underdeveloped theory of mind. And the way that you overcome that depends on how extensive the problem is. If you're somewhere in what I would call the normal range just for having no better term for it, even though it's not a very good term, if you're fairly neurotypical and you're just like sheltered, for example... Getting out and getting experience with people, especially the kind of experience where you kind of risk getting your heart broken or you risk getting bruised and beat up a little bit and you get into the head of the people you get to know. You ask them questions that give them opportunities to explain themselves from their point of view. You observe where their behavior and their self-image don't match up. You learn a lot about people that way. Now, if you're dealing from a deck where you were very traumatized in childhood, and so that's led you to emotionally shelter yourself, that's going to be a much tougher ask, especially if your personality type is not basically rebellious. If that's the case, you may need... Therapy to get to the point where you know how to protect yourself well enough to go out and engage with people on their terms and learn what it's like in their world. And if you are far enough up up the autism spectrum, then reverse engineering is all you've got, and it's a long road to hope. But there are some... um, In fact, there's uh, one really good character developer who is obviously very Aspie, and that's George Lucas. He's obviously on the autism spectrum. You can tell by the way he writes dialogue. The dialogue is stilted, it's very upfront, Even in some of his best dialogue work, which was in American Graffiti, um, it's only great because he had um, ghostwriting script help. His characters tend to say what's on their minds very directly, which is something... that you would expect from someone on the autism spectrum. However, Lucas is also very astute, partly because of his abusive childhood, I would assume, in developing theory of mind. So if you don't look at what his characters say, but you look at how they act, you look at the motives and the emotions that are driving them, they're incredibly sophisticated. Anakin Skywalker is... In, in in the prequels is an incredibly subtle character arc, absolute textbook borderline personality disorder, and absolutely textbook mythological, um, particularly Greek tragedy hero archetype. And Obi-Wan Kenobi has a Greek tragedy hero arc, and Yoda has a Greek tragedy hero arc, The dialogue in the prequels is very stilted, but the character development and the character arcs are incredibly subtle and complex and realistic, and if you can tune out the dialogue and watch what happens, it's really fantastic. Um, Padme is the classic uh, codependent rescuer type, which is why... Anakin going crazy and slaughtering the Tuscan Raiders and then half boasting about it to her and then collapsing in uh, guilt and grief turns her on. There's a type of person that is seriously attracted to that kind of unhinged behavior because they can bring stability to it or because it brings to their life a sort of excitement and vitality that's missing. And that is very much... Very much Padme, who's the buttoned-down, elected at 14 years old, queen of her people, and then a senator, lives in this world of very dry political dealings. Anakin represents a vital life force that she can tame and bring balance to. So of course it turns her on instead of horrifying her and making her go away. And the transformation in her character at the moment when she embraces him in the garage there after his confession. And then suddenly she becomes a woman of action, jumping into and leading the charge out to go rescue Obi-Wan on Geonosis mm. is exactly what you get when a when someone with that kind of psychology wholeheartedly embraces a borderline in the midst of a meltdown. That kind of characterization is very, very hard to do. And it shows you what you can do if you're high up on the autism spectrum, but you're willing to put the work in to reverse engineer the people around you. Because it does, for all the disability it gives you and the ability to do subtle dialogue-heavy nuance, it gives you an amazing insight into the way other people's minds work because you have to reverse engineer them from outside And you know that what you're doing is an exercise in uh, reverse engineering and empathy, as opposed to someone who's working from a trauma deck like Stephen King, whose reverse engineering of other people's psychology is entirely defensive and comes off that way. And so his, his characters, who aren't based on himself, tend to be very unsympathetic and kind of ugly caricatures. And it's because his general mentality is very, very defensive. And who would blame him, given A, the childhood he had, and B, the culture he grew up in, because all of New England culture is kind of that way on a low level. But that's how you can get there. And um, yes, keeping in mind the psychology of your characters is important, but not necessarily from a clinical point of view. What you're looking at psychology is the study of the theory of mind. What you're actually wanting to do as a writer is to develop a robust enough theory of mind that lets you enter the minds of people who aren't like you so that you can portray them in a convincing fashion that creates verisimilitude for your audience. So that's what I got. Thank you very much for the question, and we'll see you tomorrow.